this weather today is so beautiful. And I know a lot of times we don't we don't like the rain, we don't appreciate the rain. There's so much to be grateful for and you can kind of just feel yourself like almost like being wrapped in a little blanket, you know, and settling into the sort of the energy of the you know, the soaking of the rain into the ground. So nice. It reminds me a lot of the practice of loving kindness, which is what I'll speak about today. Loving kindness is one of the heart practices. It's a practice that we use to cultivate um, a tender heart, a softening of the heart. And it's really, it's a really beautiful practice and also really valuable in our lives, especially in our society, because tenderness is not a quality that we're encouraged to have toward ourselves or toward other people. Tenderness is actually quite strong because it allows us to be vulnerable and to be with other people's vulnerability because we're human and that's a big part of our nature. A big way that we are, one of the main ways that we can connect with other people is through vulnerability, through real connection, you know, not just, um, you know, having fun after, after a drink in the club, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's some connection there too on some level and that's great, you know, to have fun. But to allow ourselves to be vulnerable with ourselves and with other people can lead to real deepening of connection that gets us past all the surface, you know, the, the surface things that we have in common, you know, what our jobs are, what our backgrounds are, what our education is, what our socioeconomic status is. All of these things are surface and they're really societally conditioned. And it's common that we are in those worlds and then those are the, you know, people are also in those worlds are the kinds of people that we tend to find in our lives and associate with. And of course that's natural and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it can often lead us to having this false perception of other people and of ourselves we maintain our bubble, you know, stay in the bubble that we are in, whatever that is. We, when we are presented with somebody that is not from inside that bubble or a situation that takes us outside of that, we can notice some discomfort come up in us, some judgment even around that. And it can be something that we really bring into our identity and attach and identify with, right? Or this is who I am because this is what I do. This is how, this is my background. Leads, leads to a lot of division, a lot of false sense of us, them, me, that person, a lot of, a lot of othering and division that isn't necessarily intentional. We don't do it intentionally.
that can also lead to us hardening ourselves against certain people, certain situations, whether they be people in our lives or people that are not in our lives, um, but that we have a certain perception of. And that hardening, of course, and othering makes it really easy to see other people as less than. It makes it really easy for us to dehumanize and allow suffering for those people, even if we don't directly participate in it, right? Often we don't. Often we're not walking around hurting other people that are different from us. But we are, because we live in a society, we're involved in it in some way. And our perceptions really do impact that, really is important. We can start to noticing when we're becoming hard toward people. And often, that hardness is not for lack of a better word, foreign to us, because often that hardness we're directing toward ourselves as well. If we can direct it toward other people, we can direct it to ourselves and vice versa. So using practices or cultivating practices that allow us to open ourselves, to soften our hearts, it's really important as a human, you know, as a person, we all want connection. We all want to feel like we have people in our lives that we can be our true authentic self with, where we can remove the mask and they don't run away, right? We want that deep down, every, every one of us wants that. And the practice of loving kindness, it's also called metta, loving kindness. It is so valuable because it, is, it gives us a tool for which, with which I should say, we can cultivate a softening, a tenderness, compassion toward people around us and toward ourselves. Because if we can't be that for ourselves, we cannot be that for anybody else. And we've heard that before. If we can't love ourselves, we can't love other people. But it's not just romantic love, right? So it's really beautiful. And so in loving kindness practice, we have statements basically that we repeat to ourselves internally. So you can sort of think of it as a mantra, but it's not quite a mantra. And it's usually four lines and there are kind of a standard set of lines and we'll do those today but they're completely customizable. This isn't a thing where you have to say it this way. It's like some magic incantation. <laughs> it's not like that. I mean, it is kind of magical, but it's not dependent on the words you use. The words you use are significant. And so it's important to use words that resonate with you, that feel authentic to you, that can allow you to access that softening within yourself. So while I will give you sort of you know, the traditional words. If you decide to use this in your practice, you can absolutely customize the words to yourself. 
And there are five parts to metta. I think we'll have time to do a full metta practice. And traditionally, it starts with offering loving kindness to ourselves and offering it to a loved one, somebody who we easily feel love for, who brings up those feelings within us easily. An uncomplicated love can even be a pet. <laughs> then we move to a neutral person, somebody who we've seen in our life, but we don't have any particular feelings about one way or the other, the mailman, the barista, you know, somebody in our life we come across. Then we move to the difficult person, somebody in our lives who we struggle with, who tends to bring up difficult emotions in us. It's important that we don't use somebody who triggers us traumatically, somebody who has not caused us trauma. So like a normal level of difficulty, that makes sense. And then ultimately, we offer loving kindness to everybody. And that one can be a little tricky because it can feel sort of like, you know, abstract and amorphous and like hard to really access. And so sometimes it's helpful to bring that large group down a little bit. When I first started doing it, I would just, you know, offer loving kindness to everybody in the city that I was in or maybe the state or the country, eventually building, you know, because you want to keep access of that feeling of compassion and that, those softer feelings. There's a story of the Dalai Lama years ago when he came to talk in the U.S. and he was, somebody asked him a question about how do you deal with um, self-hatred, like feelings of self-hatred. I'm, I'm really, really paraphrasing this. <laughs> so you might be familiar with this story. And he it took him a while going back and forth with his translator because he didn't understand self-hatred. Not that he didn't understand the question. He understood the question, but he didn't understand this idea of how can you hate yourself? You know, like there's no concept of this for him. And uh, some people say in Tibet in general, but. Um, and it's, it's just interesting that, you know, we have so much self-hatred in the West so much of us struggle with some level and I'm saying self-hatred that's that's like the extreme right but some level of not feeling good enough not feeling worthy that it can be difficult actually when we start doing loving kindness meditation to offer ourselves loving kindness and traditionally that's where we start because it's assumed that that's easiest right so another thing I would offer is that and I may do it this way. Sometimes we switch the loved one or the person it's easy to give love to or feel love with, with us ourselves and start with them and then move to ourselves. So if you, if you find when you're doing a loving kindness meditation that it's difficult, like you feel some kind of resistance toward accepting the loving kindness toward yourself, then to to switch to offering it to the person or being that you can easily access that feeling for. Because in this meditation, we're really trying to access those feelings and grow them. You know, we call it cultivation for a reason. We're watering it. 
just like the rain coming down and soaking into the earth and it's watering the grass and the trees and the flowers that have already started coming up even though it's barely February. <laughs> so it's really important that we that we remember that there may be some resistance that comes up during the course of the, of the practice. And just remember that access, you know, the access point for really getting those emotions. So if you find, you know, some people are, are really have are really wounded emotionally and find it difficult to access that when thinking of a loved one, right? So that's why I've mentioned pets, you know, for some people that might seem like it's weird, but sometimes that's where we can access it the most, the most quickly. It's right on the surface. You know, we look at our pet's face and, you know, we come home if you have a dog and they're like so excited to see you, you can do absolutely no wrong. I mean, that is an amazing feeling that you can access right away. So if you can't feel it with another person, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it. We don't want to add more, <laughs> you know, the self-hatred to the process. So that's a little bit about them, you know, offering to ourselves and offering to a loved one. And then I'm, I just want to talk a little bit also about the difficult person. And I will offer to you that this is where they, the practice is the richest, where we have the most opportunity for growing our tenderness and our softening of heart. Because often the difficult person is somebody we don't want to deal with and we want to push it away because we don't like the way it feels, right? We don't want to deal with it. It's going to take a lot of energy. It's going to take a lot of emotion. It often, take, uh, it often uh, triggers conflict, which we don't want to deal with, you know? But these people are our greatest teachers because they offer us an opportunity to work with things that are hard for us. And again, often we don't think of, you know, we want life to be easy and comfortable and happy. There's no growth in that. Easy, comfortable, and happy comes after the hard stuff, right? Comes after working through the hard stuff. So it is the difficult people that are our greatest teachers and our shiniest mirrors. <laughs> because they will show us something about ourselves that maybe we don't want to see, right? They might show us angry us, resentful us, hateful us, all of those things. Those are little mirrors. And that's partly why we don't want to deal with them because they show us those sides to ourselves that we don't necessarily want to admit to. We don't want to see it. So when thinking of a person who is difficult for you that you want to maybe soften toward. Choose somebody who, like I said, is sort of an everyday difficult, not a traumatic difficult. You don't want to re-traumatize. And you'll notice the shifts, you know, in every level that we go through, not level, but every part of the meta, meta, meta meditation that we go through, you'll notice shifts in your emotion, shifts in your energy when you bring these people to mind. And allow that to be there. You know, 
allow yourself to notice it and kind of be there like it's like right here. Okay, I'm focusing offering metta here. It's my direct object, right, that I'm, that I'm really focusing on. But right here, sort of in my peripheral vision, you know, just like when you're driving, you're aware of all this stuff going on around you. You have to be. But the same thing with this. I'm aware that, oh, look, I'm feeling resistant. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling, you know, hateful. I'm feeling whatever the difficult emotions are that come up around this person. Don't try and push them away. You know, also don't let them take over. Just kind of let them sit there in your peripheral vision as you're offering the central focus of, of loving kindness to that person. See what happens. You know, part of mindfulness practice is curiosity, allowing something to be in your awareness and becoming curious about it. Just letting it be there, letting it unfold, seeing what happens. So I would encourage that um, just, you know, see you might notice judgment come up and that's okay just kind of notice it's there over on the side so whatever comes up you know zero wolf where central focus is the meta but other things may come up on the sides and just know that that's normal and that's okay you're not doing it wrong especially if you're new to this practice it can be like well this is weird you know what i mean <laughs> And then the same thing with the, when, when we're doing metta to all people, all beings is the tradition. But if that beings word doesn't make you feel comfortable, then that's fine. You can substitute that for something else. So let's go ahead and have a sit. We'll come into a comfortable seated position that still allows you to be upright and alert without straining, without tensing your muscles too tightly. We'll begin by closing our eyes, or if you would prefer, you're welcome to keep your eyes open slightly, the soft gaze a couple of feet in front of you. We'll begin by taking in three deep inhales and exhales at your own pace. Allowing the muscles to relax and just melt toward the floor. And allow your breath to come into its natural rhythm without controlling, without restricting, just allowing it to be whatever it wants to be.
gently scanning your body on the top of your head, down over your face and pausing a moment to check in with your jaw, a place we often hold tension, and letting it loosen if you're noticing any clenching. Continuing to scan over the neck and shoulders, the upper back. Again, pausing a moment to notice if you're holding any tension here as well. And if so, just letting it go. Continuing the scan through the chest, back down into the hips, pelvic region, down over the thighs, through the knees, over the bottom part of our legs, and into our feet. And just noticing the sensation of the floor beneath the feet. the pressure, the temperature, tingling sensations that might be there, any colors that might be present. Just noticing the experience of your feet on the floor. Letting your awareness widen to include the feelings of the knees, sensations within the pelvis, and feelings sitting on the cushion. Expanding further to include the feeling of the stomach, the hands on the legs, feeling of your chest, the muscles in your back, expanding to include the feeling of your neck, your jaw, and the subtle muscles around your eyes. And allowing all of the sensations within your body to be held in a bubble of awareness. Feeling the full presence being in this moment only. The freedom of being in this moment without worrying about anything else. Like floating in a pool of water. The lightness. awareness of the space. And 
And allow yourself to take in three more deep inhales and exhales at your own pace. Allowing your breath to be natural. Rising and falling as it chooses. And we'll begin this metta meditation. by first bringing to mind a person, an animal that allows us to easily access feelings of tenderness, of compassion, of a soft heartedness. The person can be somebody close to you, can be a mentor, teacher, spouse, friend, somebody you feel tenderness toward. Just picture this person or being in your mind and allow the feelings to accompany the image. Perhaps it makes you smile a bit. Notice how your body feels when thinking of this person or being. Through the phrases, I will say you, and you're welcome to substitute that you with the person's name when you repeat the phrases internally. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well in mind and body. May you be free from inner and outer dangers. May you be at ease and happy. Just allowing yourself to feel how it feels 
offer this person or being tenderness and love. As you would gently hold a feather in your open palm without clenching it and crushing it, allow these feelings of tenderness to be held within your body as you direct the phrases to yourself. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be free from inner and outer dangers. May I be well in mind and body. May I be at ease and happy. Allowing those feelings of tenderness to soak into your bodies. Noticing if you feel any resistance or if you feel a, a further opening. Continuing to hold those feelings of tenderness and directing them toward a neutral person in your life. Somebody that you have seen or had little interaction with. And so have no particular feelings one way or the other about. And offer them loving kindness. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be free from inner and outer dangers. May you be well in mind and body. May you be at ease and happy. Allowing yourself to notice how your body feels, what you notice without judgment, without hooking into any thoughts. Allowing yourself to hold that tenderness gently as you bring to mind a person 
brings up difficult difficulty for you, somebody who is challenging. Somebody who's just an everyday difficult. Not somebody who's caused you trauma. Noticing how it feels to hold that tenderness as you bring their face to mind. Extending loving kindness to them. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be free from inner and outer dangers. May you be well in mind and body. May you be at ease and happy. Noticing how your body feels. Recognizing any emotions that may come up. Any sensations within the body. Just noticing without judgment, without getting hooked into stories. Holding that tenderness lightly, turn it toward all beings. May all beings be filled with loving kindness. May they be free from inner and outer dangers. May all beings be well in mind and body. May all beings be at ease and happy. Just sitting for a moment in the silence, bringing awareness to your body to the tension or relaxation, to the emotions or feelings, just noticing.
the final moments of this meditation, I invite you, if it feels right for you, to place your hand on your chest over your heart. Sensing the tenderness of this gesture. Holding this tenderness for yourself and offer yourself gratitude. Gratitude for allowing yourself to make space in your day to soften into your body, to soften your heart, to remember that this compassion, this love is always within you and always accessible. Remembering that you deserve your own time. And offering gratitude to yourself for being a priority in your life. Close out the meditation with this poem called Self-Compassion by Rosemary Watola Tromer. It's like the scent of rain after a month of drought, the way it rises up and fills the lungs and quiets the body and softens the mind. That's what it's like when after grasping, spinning, reaching, clenching, at last, exhausted with my own fear, I lay my hand on my heart and see through my thoughts and practice loving what is here beneath my palm. This frightened person and the life that lives through me, not a single promise that I will be safe, but oh, as I press my hand to the heart, the beat of my anxious heart, I promise I will be loved. And when you're ready, you're welcome to open your eyes and come back into the room.